Hello, creative people. Welcome to Creative Conversations. My name is Hollis Citron, and we are so happy that you have chosen to spend your time with us. I am owner and founder of I Am Creative and Express Yourself Publishing, and I am on a mission to expand the definition of creativity beyond a pencil and a paintbrush and to empower people, especially adults, to own their voices and talents that come in so many different forms. This space was created to talk to people with all different kinds of jobs, hobbies and interests, and to have conversations about experiences and perspectives all centered around three questions. How do you define creativity? How do you incorporate it into your life? And why do you think it's important? Then we have a free-flowing conversation and we see where it goes. So I have had the opportunity to speak to so many. I've spoken to musicians, comedians, doctor, lawyer, wrestlers, Reiki masters, and entrepreneurs as young as 13. And these conversations explore the reality that creativity is not cute, it is necessary. People have defined creativity as that magic spark, how we show up in our life, imagination, basically all that we are and want to be, do, or have. So I believe from my heart that sharing these stories gives one the ability to expand their thinking, open themselves up for more self-expression, to feel more empowered, connected, and dare I say, happy. So my inspiring guest for today is London Wolf. London, aka the practical spiritualist, is here to merge your God body with your human body in a realistic way. She's an internationally known teacher who teaches clients how to master their energy bodies, as well as assisting them with tools, readings, and skill development in their daily lives and on their career path. London, welcome to the space. Hi. Hello, hello. How are you? I'm doing good. How are you? I am good. I am so glad you are here and we're having this chat. Thank you. I was yeah. like, I want to get it right. I remember <laughs> she gave beautiful instructions. I could do this. <laughs> and you did. Yes. <laughs> Completely seamless. So, London, I read the tiniest bit about you. Could you please tell us a little bit more about yourself before we dive into the questions? Hmm, let's see. Um, well, I'll say that I originally started my work in New Jersey. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, New Jersey raised. Pride. Yes. yes. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, yeah, born and raised. Um, growing up, I was always interested in the occult. You know, at 12, I tried to recreate the Bible because I didn't feel it had room for everyone. So I knew that was like an inner calling of, you know, being a conscious person. Um, by the time I turned 16, I started meditating. 19, I came out the spiritual closet and told my family, hey, I don't feel this particular path is the way I'm going to go and figure it out. And um, I just was always doing my own practice. And then about 25, I started to get into angel numbers. And I was always attracting numbers that were talking about starting a spiritually based business. And I was like, how am I do that? And like at that particular time, I was going through a breakup and um, my job had lost their contract. I was in my last year of college. I'm like, how can I start a business under these circumstances? I don't think those numbers are for me. But um, mm -hmm. I just, you know, basically kept seeing them and I surrendered to the message. And then I started the whole path um, of doing coaching and 
tarot and things of such for people. I taught myself and um, I started to attract those who were in the field and then like life just exploded and this starseed journey started and it's just been a very, very magical experience since. Wow. So <laughs> you tried to rewrite the Bible, did you say, at age 12? I did. I did. <laughs> Talk about fun facts. See, my daughter always gets completely stressed out. Like she would get stressed out because she graduated high school. But when they would ask like an interesting fact about yourself, she would make up all this stuff. because She uh -huh. was just like, what am I supposed to say? So when you said that, my ears just went like, bing, 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 bing. That is an yes. interesting fact about London. <laughs> I tell people that and they're like, at first, they're like, really? But then when they really think about me as a person, it's like, mm. I wouldn't expect that from anyone else. <laughs> right? I would, like, I mean, go ahead. No, you're like, wait a minute. This doesn't, this isn't inclusive. So let's kind of rewrite this and fix this. That's literally how it was. Like I went to my mom and I was like, mom, what about people who are like Hindu? And, you know, like, this is the book, you know, that we're taught and, and nothing against anyone who still follows it. But at the time I was like, you know, this is the great book. So that means it has to include everyone and I don't see it including them. So you know what? I'm just going to fix that. So I went page by page. I rewrote Adam and Eve. Like I was really serious about that at the time. <laughs> oh my gosh. If we could do a whole podcast on this, so I'm going to move on in a minute, but how far in, how far in did you get as far as changing it? I'm, this is, I'm so curious. <laughs> well, I, I kind of, I remember, um, I did the whole Old Testament. So I rewrote, like I said, Adam and Eve's story. Um, I rewrote uh, like sins, like what would be considered a sin. Because mm -hmm. I was like, mommy, there's people who are gay and I don't think that's wrong. So we're going to put them in there too. <laughs> <You know? laughs> I was like, now it's going to be a fair book. <laughs> a fair book. See, yeah. oh my, what, how did your mother respond? Like, was she just like, this is so London? Or was she like, I don't know what to do with you? Or I don't I know. Think, how How is your mom I've, with you? I think I've always given her both. Like, she's always said, you've always been a different one. Um, I mean, she, she was intrigued. Like, okay, but she also knew, like, I used to sit with my mom. And I was very imaginative, as a doctor would say. And I would tell her stories about like um, slaves mm -hmm. and I would get so deep into it. But now that I'm older, I realized I was channeling and I would get so deep into character and I would like, you know, she would be in awe and kind of like spooked, but like intrigued. Like, who is this? Like that came out of me. That's what she always says. <laughs> mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And you probably were channeling. Yeah, I was. Now that I'm older and like I really, you know, start to get into my gifts, I realized that's what I was doing. Wow. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Okay, everybody. See, this is going to be such a great conversation. <laughs> I feel Yay. it too. <laughs> so, welcome to the people here with us live. We so appreciate you being here. Any questions yes. or comments, please feel free to put them in the chat box below and you can be part of the conversation. So, London, let's start with our would you rather and then we'll dive in. Okay, so, sounds good. You ready? Yes. Okay. Drum roll, please. <laughs> <laughs> okay, London. Would you rather have wings or a mermaid tail? Uh, wings. 
That was absolutely. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. I thought about. It. I say, like, why are you debating that? Wings. <laughs> you have flying dreams. Um. Yes. Yes. Yes, I have. I haven't. My husband has them, but I do not. I have never had a fly. I've had falling dreams, but I've. Yeah. I haven't had flying dreams, but yeah, he's had them multiple times. I've had. Not only have I had like flying dreams, but I've had like channeling experiences mm-hmm. where I'm flying in other realms with other beings and um, being shown things. Those are the really cool ones. For wow. Sure. Yeah. Like I've seen colors that I've never seen, don't know how to explain it. Um, I've seen different forms of oceans, landscapes. And yeah, those are really magical. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Mm-hmm. How do you, do you translate them into something either verbal or visual or after having that experience or was it just an experience that you have in your mind? Um, well, I'm like since 20, uh, okay, 2015, 2016 was a very, very magical time for me in life. And that was kind of where I got a lot of star seed activations so um i'm used to like um those dreams meaning more than what they are so i feel it on different levels whether it's just like just a dream or like i can i don't know let me see it's like i can tell i'm having like an out-of-body experience so i'll like have real sensations in my body as i'm in that dream Mm -hmm. um my higher self will tell me or the beings themselves that I'm channeling and um in in that and this and these things don't always just happen while I'm sleeping like they can happen while I'm awake um and and I just conscious that it's there and I'll sometime like hurry up and write something down or um I'll see or witness something in this realm that they have shared with me gosh what a gift you just made me realize that. <laughs> wow. Oh my gosh. Okay. So we're going to dive in deeper, um, but we're going to start with the first official question, which is London, how do you define the word creativity? Can you hear me? Alice. Yes, I can. Yeah. Now. Yeah. Yeah. Can you? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yes. Okay. Um, Do you want me to repeat the question? Yes. Okay. How do you define the word creativity? How do I define the word creativity? Um, I consider creativity to be the true expression of your soul. If I can put it in simplest terms, Mm -hmm. I feel um, when we're creative, like we're we're in our inner child and our inner child is in touch with, you know, our soul before we were programmed to be stressed and, you know, have that rough paradigm experience. I feel like creativity is where you can get your answers. Um, It's a powerful place. It's how we get everything. It's the power of creation. You know, it just depends on how you see your creativity. Some people think of creativity just in one aspect of just like, the usual form of playing but if you are you know figuring out a math problem like you're being creative like that's that's a form of creative expression too because it brings you joy you know Mm -hmm. I love that how you said um 
Creativity is a true expression of your soul where you can get the answers, your power of creation. Yes. But then it's also that part of joy. Yes. Because when you mention math, it's uh, I'm always explaining because when I have these conversations with people, so here is the whole purpose and mission of my company, I Am Creative, which is to expand the societal definition of creativity beyond a pencil and a paintbrush and to empower people to see themselves within the definition. So when speaking to a person within accounting, let's say, they might say, I don't have a creative bone in my body. I'm like, are you serious? You work with numbers. Okay. These numbers, this is problem solving. This is like, there. there is an art to this. There is an art to being able to see these these numbers, which are pretty amazing. They're these hieroglyphics, basically, right? that, that we've put meaning to. And then you organize them and you see patterns and you see solutions. And having people understand this in these terms is a life changer. I totally agree with that. Absolutely. And, and I feel like that's the big thing with life. That's part of my mission in coaching is showing people that it's not really separatism. Like you, you shouldn't have to box your spirituality and your creativity and make it separate from your practicality and your logical lifestyle. No, it's, it's a merge of both. And if you can find ways to merge them, then you'll have a full blown human experience. So it's like the universe is math. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, the mm -hmm. universe, like sacred geometry, that's math. Those are numbers, you know? And if yeah. you just show people where their creativity is and what they're doing, they're, they're more likely to own it and have more fun with it. Yes. Owning it and having more fun. That is exactly it. Because people, <clears throat> excuse me, we get so caught up in, um, in life and um, the adulting aspect of things. And the adulting starts off for kids kind of young. Also yeah. in this serious way of, well, that doesn't make sense. And that's not logical. And so-and-so wouldn't like me if I did it that way. Um, when that's something that would truly be fun or just a little bit different and more authentic to you. Right. And we want to please. We often want to please. Um, that is so when we're actually ready to be able to be like, you know what, this is like a very simple, like I was talking to somebody recently and she said, I'm an adult and I like to go on the swings and I like to go on the swings and just swing in the playground. And one kid looked at her and said, you're not a kid. And she said, but I love to swing and I am, a, I am, I am, a, I am a kid, but yeah, it, it's those boxes. I always tell people, nurture your inner child like you will live a long time or you don't live a long time you will live a full experience don't let anyone take your inner child from you mm. you know your innocence is what actually like i said it's the closest connection to your soul there's no yes. judgment there when we're children before our minds are conditioned we don't know societal expectations we just know we want to play with you and a lot of times people have struggles and connections because both of your inner child want to play but there's trauma in the way mm. you know yeah 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 so talk to us a little bit more about your journey with this so obviously you had all of these 
this was in you since you were a kid and you're always kind of marching to the beat of your own drum. Um, you started, you were in education from ages like 16 to 30, correct? Yes. Can you tell us a little bit more about your journey up to this point? Um, sure. Since I was two, I have another fun fact. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, yay. <laughs> I wanted to be a teacher. I used to take my um, stuffed animals and I would sit them on cheers and my mom bought me and dad bought me like an easel and, and chalkboard and all of that. And they always poured into me when it came to like my education or my creativity. And I would teach them. I would teach them toys and I would have little parent teacher conferences with my so, master parents. So wait, you were two, two years old. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. And so, cause my mom, like when I turned two, like I came to her and my grandma and I asked her like, where do babies come from? She was like, I think it's time for you to go to school. <laughs> so I started school at two. Cause she was like, I don't know where that came from. We don't, we don't talk about that. You're only two and you ask. <laughs> so I was in school very early. So <laughs> <laughs> That's so funny. Send her to school. Yeah. I don't want to talk to her about sex yet. Like, I, why is this two-year-old asking me that? She let's, let's go. You have a lot of brain. Let's use it. So, you know, that was kind of like, okay, now I get to see the teachers. But I, it was always in me. And I did that for a long time. Um, I always been like the nurturer in that regard with um, young children and animals. Like, and I can always understand them. So when I got my first um, job at 16, you know, I was doing tutoring and I, and that was kind of cool. It was like, okay, I, I now get to feel this and see this and sense this. And I, and I see that what I was feeling growing up is right for me. Um, then I didn't, like, I took a break out of that field. Um, and when I turned 21, I was able to get reintroduced to it. And I started with this program that started in uh, Baltimore that came down to Newark Public Schools for the first time. And it was an after-school program that basically dealt in urban communities. So that's why I got my first start. And um, I was very close with um, my employer at that time. And the thing with me is, like, the universe does this thing where I think I'm going in for one thing, but the universe (laughs) (laughs) brings me to another and likes to put me in positions where I don't feel I am um, qualified for, but I'm called to. So, you know, I'm thinking I'm just going to do this and it's going to be a simple thing. And it was like, no. So that led me to, you know, going from being like the, what we call the program leader um, and just doing, uh, I would assist a teacher with like math and stuff like that to running like my own um, workshop, leadership workshop, where I taught the kids how to like build their own websites. And so... Like I, I started that with them and I just always felt like there was a part of me that was healing or trying to prevent some things that I kind of felt that I didn't get in my childhood. Mm-hmm. And so it was like very important for me um, to, for example, provide like a safe space for the kids emotionally to like speak their truths, to feel included because Yes, as you can tell, I've always been in, you could say, an eccentric person or an unorthodox thinker, um, but that didn't come without rejection and feeling alienated or suppressed. I had to overcome a lot of those things in my childhood 
in teenage years um, growing up, just always feeling like looking to the stars and just feeling like I'm not from here. So these are things I, I wanted to um, provide for these students, as well as their creativity. That was always important to me. <laughs> so, you know, if the kids were, one, I remember a group of kids wanted to be chefs. So we made a, a website with a cooking show, you know, whatever brought them joy. Like, I was like, this is your key to success. This is what you were here to do. People, a lot of people don't know that life purpose is in their creativity. Yeah. You just don't yeah. know. Yeah. Yeah. They're one and the same. It's, I love that you were doing that and nurturing them at that age, which is the prime age. Um, there's a whole way of teaching. So being an art teacher for 30 years and teaching in lots of different spaces, um, there's a, uh, right now, of course, it's going to jump out of my head, basically the whole, the whole methodology in teaching, which is it's student driven. So yes. it's finding out where the, the interests are. And there's actually all the way down from nursery school, there's something called Reggio Emilia and um, then as you get older, there's another, there's another kind that I'm thinking of too, but basically it's finding where the kids are interested and then really doing a deep dive, uh, into those topics. So it's like, okay, you're interested in animals. So then let's read about animals. Let's create animals out of clay. Let's draw animals. Let's go to the zoo and study animals. Let's write stories about animals. Like let's, for as long as the kids were interested in it. Mm -hmm. to be able to gain a much deeper understanding. So it's not like your general skim of, okay, here's your half an hour study in this area because we need to cover that and then move on. Right. But what, but what's driving them is the kid's interest, which is what you were doing. You were, you were giving them that space. They enjoy cooking. So, okay, these are all the things that you need to think about. If you're creating a, a site, what's going to be here? What are you going to make? All that kind of stuff. And you're also like <clears throat> me being like the life path eight. I'm the bridge. I call myself the plug. I'm mm -hmm. always, I can, I'm going to connect the dots. Right. So it's like, yeah, they're building a website and they're being creative, but they're also learning how to write better. You know, yeah. they're learning, like they're, they're getting all the skills. I just believe in meeting people where they are, you know, and figuring out what makes you, you being objective as possible and going from there. I can't, how can I teach you the way I teach myself if we don't learn the same? Exactly. Doesn't make, doesn't make sense. And I would always have, I mean, in the education field, after a while, a lot of schools became more um, driven by testing because testing led to money, you know? So yes. they, they kind of like pulled a lot of that creativity out of the schools and, you know, just made it very systematical and I used to fight a lot for the kids, like, listen, I'm getting your goal, just not in the way that you are, but we're mm -hmm. getting there the same. Like, I'm not going to, I'm not going to drive this child in this way. And then it comes up that they're failing, but in actuality, they're not failing. You're just not teaching them in a way that they know how. Yes. Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. Amen to all of that. Yeah. I'm very yeah. passionate about the kids. <laughs> yes. I still am. Like. <laughs> yes, because people learn in different ways. And just because somebody isn't showing up in one way doesn't mean that they're not intelligent or um, it's their multiple intelligences and 
different expressions and it's it's nurturing they are so so lucky that they had you for the time they had you and i'm so blessed to have had them because they kept that inner child alive and on the days where i felt like a crappy human and i just wanted to like put this meat suit in the closet for a second you know i would go around them and like I would get this boost of energy and it's like the universe, my guys will always send like one particular child that would do something so random and sweet. Mm. And it would be like, I know that that's sending me love through that child. And it's like, Oh, it always, it always gave me joy. It really did. There's something I wanted to tell you. Um, I, I feel like I tell people like when you're trying to explore your path, you know, when you're trying to figure out, what the next thing is or the major thing is it might not come for a while but you're building up to it for example um 16 i started meditating i always wanted to get that lotus pose that was my thing mm-hmm. um so i started meditating i was into astrology as a young child with my grandma and my family um and then 18 i started to get into photography 22 i got into web designing um and 20, around the time I got into like business. Now, all of those different skills, I was doing it at that time. And I thought that that was the final solution. This was the final thing. Like this was it. But hmm. no, no, I was building skills so that I can manage my own business. So yeah, I, I know how to write. I can do my own photography. I can make my own social media posts, you know, like all of those things. Like I've been a teacher. Uh, I've been a uh, um I did professional development for teachers and staff and all of those skills come into handy. And it's like, now I'm doing the mainframe of my destiny, but I needed all of those parts collecting. So I tell people, when you go to a job, like just go and see what it's about. Like the universe will always support you, but you might be there to learn a skill, put it in your back pocket. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, I love that. And thank you for mentioning that because it's true. It's that whole thing. I was actually just talking about this with my mom uh, just the other day because uh, one of the things I do is I have a publishing house and we launched her multi-author book and um, uh, called Struggling Well, Thanks for Asking. And it's 19 stories written by uh, widows about loss, but really most importantly about life and um, how much they've learned about themselves and all this. It's just a beautiful space. But I said to my mom, you know, it was so annoying when I was younger, the things that parents say, and I find that I say it too to my kids of, well, you just weren't ready when something happened, or that was a skill, just like you said that you did, but you wondered why it didn't go to something else and you kind of moved on to something else, but then it circles around because yes, just like you said, you gained that skill, whether it was and you gain that experience, whether it was, you see that as positive or negative, it's strengthening and it's taking you to that next space. And if we are, if we are the expansive humans that we, that we want to be, we will be expanding until the day we leave this earth and learning. Absolutely. And that's right there, sister, is the key to, um, ascension. Like people, you know, how can I say, I'm saying in a way that is not judgmental because I don't mean to be judgmental, Mm -hmm. but uh, let me see. The hardest thing that I 
okay, now the ch- most challenging thing that I find that clients, myself alike at times, have a hard time doing is the um, detachment phase and mm-hmm. on the spiritual path. You know, especially if your soul is one that is meant to touch a lot of different lands and have a lot of different type of experiences, um, you have to learn that detachment. And that means looking at life as um, like a journey, like a storyline, you know, Mm -hmm. like just walking into the experience with the inner guidance that you have directly about the experience opposed to, you know, like this is it. If you constantly have the this is it mindset and you're on this expansive, conscious, aware journey, you're going to forever get disappointment because when divine timing is up, you know, or your purpose is served and you're shifted out, you have to be able to shift with it. You, mm. know? you have to. It takes, it takes a lot of effort and practice. Yeah. Yeah. So what is your thinking on the terminology empath? being an empath do you think people are do you think that is a thing I think it is a thing but I also feel that um psychology also plays a part in on this path because all aspects go into this experience so I think the more that people are aware of terminologies like they will use it better I feel sometimes people say they're empath but they're actually triggered Mm. You know, I do feel like there's a there's a difference there. Um, mm-hmm. I will say that, <laughs> you know, and it's mm-hmm. like, oh, I'm an empath and I'm absorbing, I'm feeling. It's like, mm, you could be triggered, right? And yeah. you're not. It can register that way, but the term empath is something that later in life I've learned to embrace more as my superpower. Like I said the other day, like me being an em- empath makes me a super being. Like, how dope is it that I can feel that you can that you can what? I'm sorry. Say that again. That that I can feel energy. Yeah, I can sense events that are happening. Like I've sat in my space many times and I notice if my body does a weird wobble nine times out of ten, like I'll go check and there was an earthquake somewhere on the other side of the world. Mm. you know, or like I'll foresee something. Just like I said, a lot of my visions happen in, in my, with my eyes open. And like, I'll tell my family, like, hmm. I'm like, that was, that was a volcanic eruption or like something just fell from space. And then, and then I'll see it. And they'll look at me like, how did you, I'm like, that's, <laughs> you know, <laughs> like, how did you, <laughs> what are you doing? How do you know um, that? Like, or I'll text them like, hey, there's a storm headed your way and do this. And then they're like, How? wait a minute. Or I'm like, yeah, that situation you were talking about. Is, no, the, it's, in, it's something you have to embrace. If you are a true empath, you have to embrace that. Mm-hmm. Yes, I'm an empath. You have to know how to work with being an empath. And you have to have a very, very um, good self-care regimen and be able to tell yourself like, okay, hold on. I literally pause and say, hold on. This, what I'm feeling is not necessarily mine. I am responding to the situation that I'm in. And when I, when I do that personally for myself, I'm able to detach more and, mm-hmm. and nurture myself. And I ask myself, okay, what do I need in this moment? 
to make me feel better because I'm a sponge. As an empath, you are a sponge. It's easy to take in. It's harder to release. Mm-hmm. You know? But I like the term itself, if you can understand your level of empathy, what, you know, triggers you have and what you need as an empath, then it's definitely an empowering tool to have. Yeah. Using your power for good. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. So what's interesting to me about your story too is, so this, again, you being in tune with yourself and not necessarily having to know the how, you were like, I want to live in California. So here you grew up in Newark. It's the world that you knew and that's where your family is and all this stuff. But at a young age, you knew you wanted to go to California, correct? Yeah, around five. And how'd you make it happen? Um, how did I make it happen? Well, like I said, around five, I was like, you know, I played things on mine. I didn't know anything about California, nothing. I just knew that's it. And then I started, when I got older, I loved Chuck Taylor's, like anything Cali related, I had to have it. Mm-hmm. And then I remember um, when it hit my spirit that I had to get there. It was uh, tw- January 2016. I was sitting at my uh, job at the time. I think I was doing an assessment or something. And all of a sudden, I had this jolt of energy hit my body. And like I, I saw like a flash and it was like this urgency. And I said in my head, like, I have to get to California. And I had no idea why I had to get to California. So um, I tried within a month to make that happen. I couldn't make it happen. Um, then at that time, I kind of got introduced to like um, my twin flame at the time. So then like that kind of like birthed it even more. But that had its own challenges and such. But then finally, the year after, in February 2017, it aligned and I was able to take myself there for my birthday. And when I got there, um, I was like, yeah, this is right. This, This feels right. And I made my mind up in that moment, like, I'm going to move out here. <laughs> and the leader is like, okay, you want to do this, but we're going to have to make sure this is what you want. So we're going to give you a series of challenges. So I had like two moves from between February and up until the day I left for California in Jersey. Um, I had got delayed. Um, someone from another state stole my um, information. And so it was like a lot of tests and trials. But eventually, August, the day after the solar eclipse, mm-hmm. I was in California permanently. And that, wow. was, that was major. That was like for me, I, all, I remember when I unlocked the thought that I can do whatever I want to do. I remember that. I was like, oh, it had to have been like 20, in my early 20s. Like it finally hit me like, if I do a different thing or make a different decision and I literally like follow through, like I can do what I want. (laughs) And it might be, it might be simple, but a lot of people don't really realize that until you realize what you're saying. And so that when I moved to California proved to me that I could, because I branched out of one paradigm 
into a whole new one. It's so powerful to understand this, everybody. So listeners, this is just, this is key. So your, so your, the time span that went by was, so you got this jolt, you're doing an assessment, you're at work, you get this jolt. That was, you said 2016, and then you had your trials and tribulations, um, testing you, testing you. So this was a year that it took for you to actually get there. Is that correct? Yeah, it took, it took a year for me to plant my foot there. And then in 2017, I ended up taking four trips there with the third one being the actual move, which was so divinely aligned because I ended up getting a job and getting hired like a two weeks before I moved there and they didn't even see me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then like everything just started to come together and yeah, it was just magical. It's, it's the patience. I, yeah. I I'm using these words, but you can either agree or not agree, but it's the patience and the, um, the just continuing to go for it. Uh, just you have a vision and sticking to it. And I just really love how you worded it saying, I'm being tested. <laughs> I had my identity stolen. I had like all of these things done, but you're like, no, I'm not swaying. No, I am not. This feels good. Sometimes, <laughs> sometimes that could be, I've had experiences where I'm like, yep, this is where I'm going. And then stuff happens. And then I'm like, eh, actually, you know what? That isn't the right path. And then it's, it's a pivot, <clears throat> but no, yeah, you weren't giving up. I feel like the more, see, this the issue. Sometimes people are so quick to manifest without forming a relationship with the universe. Mm. You know, you have like, when you dial a number, you got a certain, you know, digit format and you hit those numbers and you get a certain person. Right. And, mm. and then you, you got to answer the phone to to get a message if somebody call you so it's kind of the same thing when it comes to the universe like you can't just say oh i want to do this and it's like but do you know how you receive the answers Mm -hmm. do you know your strengths that you have when those answers come do you know how it looks or feels when you're being called to stop pushing or when you're being called to put a little bit more effort like that is the main ingredient to everything and then I told you the detachment is the seasoning <laughs> you get those things you can make a good meal but you gotta learn your communication style and that's why I say like you know I keep telling people about like the love your love language with the universe which is something that I offer on my website one-on-one but May 22nd when I get back to Cali I'm gonna do the master class on that because I feel that's very 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 important it's such a game changer and people are going to see like, oh, I had tools and everything so far, but you looking online and you seeing how everyone else is doing it and you upset because you're trying it, but you're not getting those results because that's not your style. What is your love language with the universe? Oh, I have multiple love languages. My- we have a good relationship. But- <laughs> <laughs> My daughter talks about this all the time. She's like, my love language. She talks about her friends. One of her friends is always dropping off food. She works at a, her parents own a restaurant, but she will literally come by at midnight and just drop off three meals to my daughter because she made them for her and she just wants to give them to her. She can't wait until the next day. That's one of my given love languages. Like right now I'm cooking a meal. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I love to cook. Um, I didn't realize that I love to cook, 
until recently because I, you know, like I said, I'm the type of person that does things, but I don't attach to what I'm doing. I just do it. Sometimes mm-hmm. you got to tell me. And mm-hmm. so I realized, I said, every time I visit somebody, they say, oh, I can't wait till you cook. Mm-hmm. And it hit me. And I said, I cook well? Like, really? That's a skill I have? Like, oh, that's cool to know. <laughs> Isn't it funny? Yeah, I was like, oh, wow. Well, let me amp it up. Let's try to make a cheesecake. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. No, I get it. I that's love it. I love it, which this is the perfect transition into that second question, which is how do you incorporate more creativity into your own life? So cooking is one. Yes, cooking, um, dancing, um, photography. I'm I'm into technology, so, you know, learning how to, like, recently, I love video, so I'm getting more into videography, like, really want to get into that so that's something that I love um creativity I just feel like anything that makes my heart happy I'm being creative so if I'm walking down the street and you know I'm I'm such a kid at heart like I will walk into sprinklers you know <laughs> like <laughs> I love me. it that's me everybody knows that like I, you are you doing something I'm gonna hype you up you got a hula hoop I want one too <laughs> we have one in our living room <laughs> I love it. Like this guy, he was in front of Whole Foods. He had a hula hoop. I'm like, you got an extra? Because this to me looked like this is what we're about to do. (laughs) I have to tell you, it's so funny. So it sat there for a really long time. Mm -hmm. And then a friend of mine um, would do hula hoop classes. And um, so one day I called my kids down. So understanding the context of how old they are, they're 19 and 22. Okay. So they were upstairs and I'm like, calm downstairs. We're having family time. They're like, oh God, <laughs> like, are we going to play some stupid game or like whatever? Like, what, are doing, Mom? <laughs> what are we doing? So anyway, the, to make it short, my son just picked up the hula hoop and <laughs> we, I hadn't laughed that hard in such a long time. We were timing <laughs> each other. He was trying to like do it around his neck and like choking himself, <laughs> but but we were just laughing hysterically because he couldn't he couldn't keep it up above his waist and he was like frantically throwing his hips where my daughter was like okay bring it on and she was literally eating a sandwich while she was (laughs) i see the visual and i'm enjoying it (laughs) it was so fun that sounds so awesome oh my gosh i had my uh three-year-old nephew um last weekend uh, me him and my my brother we went to the movies but prior to that he wanted some um paper and a marker and he wanted to draw so you know he's making little squiggly lines but he's saying he's making him so then I made an image of him and the first time he saw the first image he said wow that's me I said yeah he said wow so I was like so excited so then I made another image and I showed him. He said, uh-uh. <laughs> he said, that's nasty. <laughs> You're like, what? He said, uh-uh, auntie. Uh-uh. <laughs> I couldn't do anything but laugh. I said, are you lucky I'm not easily offended? But he, he like, <laughs> the paper way, like, I don't like that one. That, mm-mm. No. 
<laughs> Kids speak the truth. Yes. There is absolutely no lying there. Um, talk to me about, well, I'm going to ask you two questions. Well, I'm going to ask you more than two questions, but I want you to speak to this. When we had our pre-chat, um, you said that you had to own your bougie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Talk to me about that. Um, <laughs> well, I feel like I said, I had to fight a lot, um, to be heard and seen. Mm-hmm. So, you know, constantly, I still to this day, cause I believe in being honest with people have to course correct the people pleaser or, you know, the one who has wants to dim their light or kind of be in the background and in the shadows. And, you know, the one who was second guess, like, is that really something to brag about? Am I really who I say I am? Mm-hmm. And then I realized like, no, that's not cool because the people, you know, who were doing that to me were people who were actually insecure. Yeah. You know, or inferior to me. And I had no knowledge of it because I'm just being me. And it's like, no, we can own our bougie. Like we can actually if you if you're good at what you do, you can be cocky, you know, own it, you can be confident. I just don't believe in um being mean or rude mm. to people because you have this particular gift and confidence. I don't believe in that. But I do believe that you should be able to brag on yourself. And and I believe in being a God body. I say I am the God of my universe. So that means that, you know, I walk with royalty. I, I want to live my life in royalty. And there's nothing to be ashamed of. So yes, if you want to be bougie and you want to be whatever that looks like to you, own it. Just don't mistreat people yes. and use it in a way that is not in alignment with your highest good. Yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Love it. It's just so powerful. Thank you. It's giving people, yes, own your talents. Be proud of it. Mm-hmm. You don't have to talk down about it and make like it's not a big deal, but don't be rude. Yeah. Don't make yeah. others feel small. Yes. Intentionally. Yes. For me, it's been a, it's been a journey of understanding that if someone takes it that way, which was not my intention, Uh I can't control that. Nope. There are times when I can say, I apologize if I feel like that's needed. Uh If there seemed, but, but if it's, yeah, we can't, we can't fix everything for everybody. Oh. And I, oh, go ahead, finish, no. sister. No, go ahead and just dim our light. But yeah, absolutely. Yes, the dimming of the light is like a lot of times we glow without words. You know, it's just our energy, right? Mm-hmm. And I mean, power is the. How can I say? It? How can I say it? Power is one of the most challenging aspects of the human experience to navigate because it's such fierce, powerful energy, right? Yeah. And with that you can do, you can have a major effect either way you go, you know? And so with great power comes great responsibility, which mainly lies in the realm of great self-discipline and self-control, mm-hmm. you know? 
So when you get to really understand your power, you got to also keep your ears open because just because you're powerful don't mean, or, or you're really, you know, well-suited in this area doesn't mean that you've mastered life and you can't be a learner and a listener, <laughs> you know? So make sure you still are able to learn and listen with your power and don't be intimidated or hurt, you know, because you feel you are a master and someone is sharing something from you and it shatters your fixed mindset. So yeah, power is, is power is intricate. Very very it intricate. intricate. It is. It is. Oh my gosh. <sighs> so, the other question that I wanted to ask you in regards to what we we're talking about before is, I've been asking people about morning routines. Do you have a morning routine? Do you believe in morning routines for yourself? I do. I do. Um, so I have recently discovered the last few years that I have um, a form of ADHD. Mm-hmm. So like the some aspects of me want to have a routine, like a set routine. But then the other aspect of me has a hard time committing to that set routine per se. So I had to find a way to compromise with the battle in between, right? Yeah. So one thing that I do believe in is um, I like to, if I can, I will wake up early when everyone's still asleep. Take that time to kind of just be, be present with myself. Um, If I can really get it going, I like to make me a cup of coffee or a cup of tea or something. Mm -hmm. I don't necessarily believe in eating food in the morning, not to after like 12 p.m. So -hmm. like a juice or something. Um... Just something to get me present in myself. One thing you're going to catch me do every day, though, I'm going to make my bed. Mm. I have to make my bed. (laughs) That is definitely part of my morning routine because I feel like if I made my bed, I'm off to the right start. I brought some structure, some order, some some normality to my day. Were you always like that? The bed making? Yeah. Um, As far as I can remember. We were. Yeah, because I wasn't. And I, when you said that, it's, yeah, that's been a thing of mine is for the last, I would say the last year or two, that has been a thing where it has really been, I, after I kind of do a few other things, Mm -hmm. I I make the bed and I will, yeah, I have to make the bed, but it wasn't always like that. Gotcha. Gotcha. I just felt like it, I was always trying to find some way um, to bring some form of discipline to my life. And when I look deep in my chart, I can see like that, like where that's coming from. Um, but that's like, I believe in having some kind of routine or ritual. It might not always manifest, like say specifically, this is the morning or at a certain time, but it will have to happen during the course of that day. I am more, excuse me, of a night person. When you go to bed, I say good morning. I had them cracking up the other day. It was 10 o'clock. I had a cup of coffee and I was like, good morning. <laughs> and they were like, well, I was like, yes. Like I had pulled out my laptop, my laptop, my laptop. <laughs> I started working. And they were like, you always been that way. But my mom said, even when you were in the womb, like at nighttime, you're always busy. I'm like, for me, when it's nighttime, it's daytime. Yeah. So that's more where it kind of kick in. And it's like, well, if I do all this tonight and in the daytime, I know that, like I said, my ADHD, like my brain kind of get a little foggy. 
Yeah. I don't have to worry because I, I, I took care of things. So yeah. I can afford to have this foggy brain and this ability to want to, to go play. <laughs> Do you take, are you a person that can take like that 20 minute power nap? You know what? I can, but I also, um, I don't nap a lot. I don't sleep a lot. Mm -hmm. I'm the person that can lay on the bed, listen to some music, and then that is enough to rejuvenate me. Wow. So you really don't have to sleep that much mm -mm. and you're good. It doesn't affect your mood. It doesn't affect your energy levels. Mm -mm. As long as I have moments where I can just be still, mm. I kind of replenish. Um, I can, on average, I don't sleep like straight through. Like I will wake up periodically. But if I was to count all the time, um, a good night is like five hours. That's like a, like that would be equivalent to somebody having like eight hours. Wow. I've, I've been known to power through on three hours of sleep. This is the beauty of when you actually know yourself and you just truly take the time to know yourself um, is understanding how you function and what you really need. Yeah, because I would say, you know, there's been times in my life where the universe have uh, quote unquote forced me to sit down and get to know myself when I was more concerned about keeping up um, with, you know, everyday life, right? And goals and things like that. Uh, and the universe was like, nope. You're going to get more in touch with your yin aspects. You're going to get more in touch with your feminine side. And we're going to slow you down so you can get more in your body. Because that was something mm -hmm. I struggled with a lot. I was always out of body. And I didn't get in my body until 2018. Like, honestly, get in my body. So between 2018 and 2019, after a really um, difficult separation with my twin flame at the time, um, I had an opportunity to do that. So a lot of the uh, rituals, self-care rituals or self-care practices were developed during that time. And I could just like go in my magic Barney bag and say, I always say I have like a an extensive self-care when life is smooth sailing. And then I got like a emergency self-care when <laughs> things are kind of chaotic. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So when you say that your body was just like, no, you're going to slow down and go into yourself. Mm -hmm. This was because the outside world was more, a lot more chaotic and was literally kind of shutting you down. And you were like, you have no other choice. Um, I would say that particular time, it was more like, how can I put it? <clears throat> the world wasn't chaotic. Like I had closed a chapter but I was already ready to go into a new one. But mm -hmm. the universe granted me a period of rest where things were slow. And every time I tried to like be like Sonic the Hedgehog, yeah, I was brought back to like Franklin the Turtle. Like it was just, it was just <laughs> like, this is not matching. And I always tell people like my energy moves faster than me. Like I'm always in, like in my mind, like I'm always in go mode. I'm always ahead. Like I'm that type. Ever if you ever seen that Rihanna um, meme, and she's mm -hmm. like, I'm bored while I'm doing this, and I'm ready to start something else. Like I don't know if you've seen that one, but that's no. 
okay, well, that's how my brain will operate. Like, I'll do something, I'll finish it. And it's like, okay, that's done. I, I'm bored now. I need to do something else. Yeah. And at that time, Spirit was like, no. And that was a time where I got more into like my ancestral practices mm-hmm. um, and formed a relationship with my ancestors and more earth, earth um, spiritual practices. And so now I see why that was such a pivotal part of my path for like intertwining another aspect of myself. You know, it was like I consider myself a balanced masculine and feminine being. Mm -hmm. I have a relationship with both sides, you know, Mm -hmm. because of that, because I had time to get my get to know my feminine to to learn, you know, what made me feel at the time sexy? What was that for me? What did sensuality look like for me? And I realized I was a very sensual person and like how powerful that energy was in creating and conjuring. Mm-hmm. It was a major. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh. So as we're getting to the top of the hour, this is, we could just talk and talk and talk. <laughs> this is so easy to, uh, it's just so many topics to go off of here. But as we are starting to wrap up, the third and final question is, why do you think creativity is important? Because without it, people would lose who they are. They would lose their ability to feel. Mm. You know, life would lose its color. You know? Yeah. Like it would be feel more like a machine. That's not why we're here. Like the sun comes up. How creative is that? We're on a rock that floats. <laughs> that is so funny that you say that. My daughter says that all the time. She's like, we live on a rock. Just okay. do the damn. Th-. She's like, do the damn thing. Yeah, <laughs> it's like do the damn thing. Whatever it is, like we live her. on a rock. <laughs> I like her. I mean, I will stop you in mid argument and say, do you know you on a rock floating in space? <laughs> Exactly. And you arguing over what? Like, yeah. That is creative itself. Like, that, come on, the sky, animals, you see these different animals can glow in the dark. That's creative. (laughs) Isn't that crazy? You go to an aquarium, how anybody could say, I mean, there isn't some form of creation that with flowers that there's literally landing pads for animals to go and suck the nectar like it's just Uh it's amazing the ability to create a child that's creative (laughs) oh my god yes you know like there is no there is no life without creation and creation comes from creativity Mm -hmm. it just doesn't exist Mm -hmm. you know Ah, Londi, can you tell people how they can connect with you, please? <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes, sure. Um, of course, they can follow me on Facebook. If you look up Wolf Healing, W-O-L-F-E, Healing. Um, Instagram, London.Wolf.HealingLLC. And always, you can visit my website, WolfHealing.com. And I'm revamping the um, Etsy store. Spirit is showing me... Um, a different direction, but you can still purchase your shirts and things of that sort, but we're going in a different direction in um, June or so. Okay. Yeah. Wonderful. This so is before, great. It's been so much fun talking to you. Thank you so much for hanging out and chatting. 
Yes, thank you for having me. <laughs> yeah, so appreciate you. Before we say our goodbyes, is there any final words of wisdom or anything else you want to felt like you didn't get to say that you want to say? Yes, my spirit and in my heart. Um, somebody needs this. Don't lose yourself in the process of trying to save others. Mm. Yeah. Yes, I'm writing it down. Don't lose yourself in the process of trying to save others. Yeah. There we go, everybody. Uh, again, London, thank you so much for being here. Thank you, sister. I enjoyed you a lot. You have a great evening. Oh, and everyone else have a great evening. We wish you people here with us live. Thank you so much. We know that you could be doing anything and spending this time with us either here on the replay. We appreciate you. We appreciate you. This space is all about inspiring each other, sharing stories and connection I believe we've always needed this, but I think we need it now more than ever. So please like, follow, share, all of that good stuff in order to spread the word so we can reach more people and just inspire and empower. So wherever you are listening from, we wish you a good morning, a good afternoon, and a good evening. And we'll be talking again soon. So goodbye, everybody. Feeling inspired? Let's just get rid of this, throw away this whole perfectionism thing, this whole concept that we have to know how to do everything. You know what? You don't. <laughs> Let's just do things and try things and realize what we like and what we don't like. It's all part of the process. The self-awareness feels so good. You feel more connection to yourself, connection to others, and huh? be a happier, more joyful person. Just imagine that. So you are where you are in the process. So you can dip your toe in the water to try new things at a slower pace, or you can dive right in. Here at I Am Creative and Express Yourself Publishing, we meet you where you are. So there are so many ways to check us out. Explore our experiential kits. They have everything in them that you need to try new things. You don't have to buy anything else but this kit and just explore. There's Creative Shui, which is seven elements to join happiness. Through the Publishing House, Express Yourself Publishing, multi-author books, coffee books, solo book opportunities. It is all about expression, all about it. And it's, again, just trying these things and realizing what you're good at. Don't all of a sudden think that you only fit into one box because we don't. We are not made for boxes. <laughs> there is also my TV show, I Am Creative check it out. The links are all in the body of this podcast. You can just click the link. And you know what? Don't say, oh, maybe I'll check it out tomorrow. Life's too short. Just click it. See what it's about. There is honestly no judgment. It's all about exploring the possibilities, expressing yourself, and expanding your thinking. I will give you the website, which is IamCreativePhilly.com. So I am creative Philly, P-H-I-L-L-Y.com. And just remember that you are an expressive being, so own it. I am looking forward to hearing your story because we all have one.